Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, before we get started, make sure that you go to secretsfromthesaddlepodcast.ca and sign up for our newsletter. It's not really a newsletter, but it's an email notification that will let you know every time an episode is released. So that's weekly, but if you go to Secrets from the Saddle Podcast.ca, you will get an email notification so you don't have to always be checking the platforms. So make sure you do that and have an amazing day. Thank you. All right, buddy. Guess who we have on the podcast today? It is Lisa Charlebois. And wouldn't you know it? She is from Ottawa, which is where I am. And uh, she's living in the States. So I just found her on Instagram. But the reason why I asked her was because she's going to talk about randoneering or rando or rand randonneur. Um, so randoneering is epic. Like it's basically the endurance cycling of endurance cycling. Um, and then we're talking about 200, 300, 400, 600 kilometer rides weekend long rides that they go on so she just uh completed paris brest paris which is 1200 kilometers we're going to be talking to her about that and just how she got into it so i hope you enjoy this episode All right, welcome back for another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Deu. And I have Lisa uh, Charlebois, Charlebois, oui, oui. Who, oui, oui. <laughs> who is, now that I just read her uh, bio, is actually from Ottawa. And I found her, I was watching her, I was like stalking her on Instagram like I do most people that I find. <laughs> For my podcast and i did not realize that but the really cool thing about lisa is she's an endurance cyclist so that's kind of where i'm going but i'm not quite going where she is going and where we're going to talk about um so over the last 20 years she cycled she has a lot of cycling underneath her belt uh she started her bike journey in toronto and is now living in san francisco She's, uh, like I said, she's from Ottawa. She comes back regularly to ride with friends. And, but she started, the reason why I've got um, Lisa here is because she does randonneur, 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 yes, randonneur. I'm just kidding, randonneur. Yeah. Randonneur. We can do it all American. Randonneur. Randonneering. Yeah, randonneering. <laughs> uh, rando. Yeah. But anyways, randonneering is an extreme. It's it's like the epic cycling of distances. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking 
you know, 400 kilometer rides, like random, like just going out riding for 400 kilometers, 600 kilometers. She got into uh, this type of training and riding when she heard about Paris, Brest, Paris. Now, I know a couple of people who've done that. That's in Europe. Um, I think it's uh, Paris to Brest. Oh, it is Brest yeah. because of Paris to Brest and then Brest back to Paris. That's the one. And it's, um, it's, uh, how long, how many, cause 1200 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 1200 oh, yeah. kilometers. Yeah. And it's like the fast, like it's whoever gets there first. So that's why I was like, Lisa, you got to come on and you've got to talk about this. Um, because I haven't had anybody in the space of talking about mountaineering and uh so lisa i'm so excited to have you here oh my gosh it's exciting I, so ex- thank you thanks for inviting me we got a canadian here so all right well my first question is always about how you got into cycling so you, and how did it lead you into deciding that this is the type of cycling you want to do mm. so i started mm. biking yeah uh <laughs> It's, it's, you have to have a couple screws loose to do rando, I think, but we'll get there. You're still young though. Yeah. (laughs) But I started biking, you know, 20 years ago, uh, when I met my husband and he was a big cyclist. And so I was in Toronto at the time. And, um, I mean, the Toronto biking scene is fantastic. Uh, back in mm-hmm. the day when I was riding, there was the donut ride. I think it's still happening. I think uh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty classic route. And, um, I got my first bike at La Bicicetta. I mean, there's just so much cool community in Toronto. And I think now, you know, 20 years later, it's definitely gotten even more richer. And so, um, my professional career sent me to the States. So I moved to New York city I was there for four years. I think I biked like three times. So it was, it's not a little different. York, yeah. It's not the New York of today with like the West side highway and all that. It was bananas crazy. So the bike went away for a few years. Then we got uh, transferred to Los Angeles and you wouldn't expect it, but LA has an incredible cycling scene. It's so good. And so I would encourage everyone, you know, definitely check out Los Angeles if you can, if you're there for really, oh my gosh. The, the riding in the Santa Monica mountains is just phenomenal. So, um, world-class I would anyway, so Los Angeles. And then, um, again, one last move up here to San Francisco and that's where I currently live. So can I ask you what you do for a living? Yeah, I'm a creative or... director, so I make ads. That's, that's my gig. Like for TV. Uh, I've done television, I've done <clears throat> digital websites, things like that. So um, yeah, all sorts of different marketing campaigns. And uh, I worked at ad agencies in New York and LA and uh, tech in San Francisco. And now I'm back at ad agencies. So yeah. Oh, so you, do, you don't work for yourself? I, uh, I do. Sunday a little bit. <laughs> you have time for that now that you're randoneering or randoing? I mean, honestly, yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, my, uh, my, my company is very supportive, which is, is really nice. So yeah. Cool. Okay. So give us the, the lowdown on how you decided, like, so now you're in San Francisco and you're riding all over there. Um, how did you decide or what, what led you to get into long endurance riding like yeah. even longer than the regular long endurance stuff. yeah exactly <laughs> like where a century s- sort of ends is where we yeah. begin. so that's yeah. why i just warmed up yeah. now let's go yeah exactly 
Um, so, I mean, having ha ridden a lot and, and usually old me would have been like, yeah, you do a grand fondo every year and a couple centuries, imperial centuries, whatnot. But my husband was turning 50 on August 19th of uh, 2023. And Paris Brest Paris starts on August 21st of 2023. And so this was a couple of years back. And we both had known of this event. I mean, it's a mm -hmm. pretty iconic, it's the oldest cycling event in the world. So like before the Tour de France, Paris Brest Paris was a- Really? Yeah, it was a- competitive event so if you can think like 18 bloody blah a bunch of dudes were like crushing it going from paris to brest and back as a competitive timed event since as a randonneuring event randonneuring in general is timed events but there's no winner there's no first place second place it is right. a timed event you're encouraged to use as much of that time or as little as you want and you have to pass through different checkpoints on the way. So just to make sure that you're not jumping in a car and, you know. <laughs> not making out. it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So, so really Paris, Paris, Paris was where we kind of were like, oh, this would be the ultimate way to celebrate your 50th birthday. <laughs> it's kind of, I like riding my bike. I mean, <laughs> so. Well, I guess if you're not like having to race super fast, like you're taking your like enjoying a bit of the scenery because like it's like 600k and 600k yeah exactly i mean it's definitely a different style of riding to your point right. exactly like zone two is about your max like you yeah. are going past that and to be honest it's kind of like zone one for 20 hours like given the terrain and, and what's going to happen but you're essentially just in this sort of like long haul way of of riding and nobody's doing flat out sprints on these things like absolutely not and if you are you're going to pay for it dearly <laughs> yeah so lisa i've heard that you have to qualify mm -hmm. for this like you have to have because i i one of my friends uh well this girl that woman that i know went to did i don't know how many years ago probably like mm -hmm. maybe 10 and i remember when she was training for it she had to be had she had to get signed off yeah. that she could ride a certain distance maybe it was 600 kilometers in one shot or maybe it was 200 i can't remember but it was long yeah and uh is that still part of oh yeah very much so uh pbp is um it's very they don't you can't just roll up and be like i'm ready let's go <laughs> like it doesn't work like that i just so, decide to <laughs> yeah yeah like i like riding too so um, it's a, it's kind of a two-year process to get into the event. So the first oh. year is um, you have to do, they take your longest ride. And, and again, even the rides are very specific. You can't just go and ride 600 kilometers and say, I did it. It has mm -hmm. to be an ACP, an Odux de Club Parisienne sanctioned ride. So your oh. local, yeah, so your local randonneur club will offer these rides. So oh, okay. they'll have- They'll have a bunch of routes. So the Ontario randonneurs up here, the San Francisco randonneurs, there's all sorts of different clubs. And the routes that they have are approved by the club in Paris. So yes, oh, this is okay. an official 600 kilometer ride. If you finish this, this will add, this will work towards your entry fee or your entry qualification. Right. So the first like 20, what is this? 2021, 
I did uh, a 600 kilometer ride and that kind of guaranteed my spot. So that allowed me to sort of hold a position to then qualify. Now to qualify, you have to do a randonneur series or a super randonneur series. And that is a 200, 300, 400 and 600 kilometer ride. And you have to finish all of those I think by like July 30 something or June 30 or something like that of the year of, of PVP. The one that you're, you're participating in. Exactly. So the, the event starts in August. And I think, again, there's a deadline of like July something or other to get these events done. So now you have to go and do ACP sanctioned 200, 300, 400, 600. And if you DNF one, you got to find one somewhere else. So our club offered all sorts of different rides that you could go and do. Okay. But, you know, but is this but, with, mm-hmm. is this with like certified riders that can certifiably say that she did that ride with me? It was this course. Mm-hmm. So you could yeah. just go out and do any one of those loops, but you have to be with somebody or is it you, Strava is okay? Like, it's... no, well, what <laughs> happens is, yeah. What happens is you would do it with that club. So the CI yeah. randonneurs, the whatever, and they offer the route so that the route is, is ACP certified. Mm-hmm. You do the, it's almost like signing up for a grand fondo. You go right. and you do the route with everyone else. Oh, and, okay. And now, but to your point, the route itself, there's uh checkpoints to make sure that you have actually done it. So a lot of times oh. it's an electronic checkpoint and you're right. Your, your head mount computer will just sort of go through a point and it'll be like, yes, you have passed this, whatever, 200 kilometer mark. Right. On PBP, they actually give you a little passport and you get it stamped at each uh. checkpoint <laughs> control, which is actually really cool. So, um, I, cause you get to keep it. You get oh, to yeah. keep it. What do you show it? Oh, I totally have it. It's like my prized possession. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's like, you complete that randonneur series, you do it by the time, and then poof, you have your ticket to go to Paris. And that's what we did. Oh my God. Okay. Well, talk, tell us about the event. Okay. When did you go to do the, when did you go and do the event? So we left, uh, maybe about five or six days before. So like August, I don't know. Was that this, this was this year, right? Yeah. 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 So August 21st is, is when it, it happened. And so we went a little bit early to just try to acclimatize, which to be honest, didn't really work very well, (laughs) but you know, jet lag, you mean, oh boy. Yeah. Time change really kind of kicks your keister, but, uh, and, and just like get organized, build our bikes, you know, get our Mm -hmm. food ready, all that sort of stuff. And also too, um, the town of Rambouillet is where the event takes place, like the start. And it's like, I mean, it's like burning man on bikes. Like it is a vibe. Everyone is just like living their best life. There's bikes everywhere. Like it's, it's like. How many people started? 6,800. So yeah. Really? From 180 different countries. Like you're talking (gasps) people from all over the world. Oh, I wonder. Well, and each one of those individuals completed the same amount of work that you did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to. Exactly. So it's pretty cool. Like everyone's in the club, you know? So, oh my God, I wonder how many people did it when she went. Cause I have a feeling it was much smaller mm. than yeah, this was a big year. Like I think every year it gets more popular and, and whatnot. But so what um, do they do with so many people? I guess they yeah. must stagger the start a little bit. Uh, 
Exactly. I mean, 6,800 is like. So there's actually three starting. Um, Waves. Well. Yeah, fast, medium, groups. slow. Kind of. So you can sign up for 80 hours, 84 hours, oh. or 90 hours. And that's your time w- to completion. Yeah. Okay. How long did it take you? I did mine in 78 hours and 27 minutes. 78 hours. Okay. Yeah. So I was in the 84 hour group. I would still be out there. Yeah. Because I, I did, <laughs> I did, uh, I, um, I did unbound Excel. So that oh, was wow. 500, but yeah. like in 33 hours. Well, you're on, you're on track. 33, 66. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to pick it up a little bit. I'd be, be the uh, 94 hour. Yeah. So how did, so what did you do? How, what was your strategy for sleep? Did you do any? You must have. Yeah. Of the, and and that's the thing, these timed events, Mm -hmm. it's like once the gun goes off, the the clock doesn't stop. So you're sleeping, eating, everything is part of that time. So for us in the 78 and a half hours, we slept about nine, nine and a half. So the first day, yeah, this is when randoring the numbers just sound mental so you just kind of have to like hold on and realize that we're in a different planet right now so the first day of pvp uh was 270 miles which i don't know 400 and yeah it's like about yeah kilometers yeah so that was day (laughs) one and then we slept for four hours day two was um out and back so it was ludiac to brest and then back to ludiac so that was a light day, uh, okay. air quotes light. It was only 210 miles or something. And then um, and then the last day was again, that like 280. Now the elevation is the other part that we haven't talked about. And the entire elevation of PVP is almost 39,000 feet. And so, you know, you don't think it's hilly. You get it going there uh, and come back. You know, and the craziest <laughs> part is like the hills, the biggest hill is 350 feet. It's nothing. So it's literally you going up 50 feet, 75, over and over and over again, like a bajillion times. It's, so it's like rollers, but a yeah. little bit higher. Endless <laughs> rollers. Like death by Those aren't so guys. bad, though. Well, they're not bad until you do it for yeah, long, I guess so. long time. <laughs> you know, when you're breaking it up like that, you know, like the, the segments. Mm-hmm. And I always find that when you do stuff like that, when you start thinking about it that way, mm-hmm. it's much easier totally. to, to like put it into perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing that happens. <clears throat> You'll be on the road and you're like, oh, we only have a hundred miles. Oh, that's not bad at all. Like, I know. Yeah, and that's... you get into that little mindset too. You're like, ah. What's another 100K? Honestly, like like when you have 75 left, you're like, oh, we're done. That's totally chill. Whereas that's like an actual ride, you know? Yeah, somebody would be like. (gasps) Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, so you just sort of, for us, we we ish managed about four-ish hours on each break. And then the last day, because the last day is kind of like a big push home. Yeah. Sleep in like a ditch for like 90 minutes. So we kind of took like a nap. <laughs> Do you kind of see people along the route in ditches? Oh like, boy, kind of... <laughs> all over the place. Like ditches, bus stops. I mean, some dudes were just sleeping with their face on the asphalt. Like it was wild, just like zombies. Did you get pictures? 
oh yeah there's a few crazy photos <laughs> yeah it's oh my god insane. and because it's a real thing like people fall asleep on the bike oh yeah i've done that once i wasn't really? going too fast but oh i gosh. felt it's just like hmm. yeah no it's crazy like it's really scary to see and you're just like whoa like so yeah. uh so yeah the naps are are helpful for sure did you take a quite a few like little power snoozes? I think for us, like I don't, I'm pretty good at managing the like the sleep fatigue. That's not that bad. It's like the resting off the bike. Like let's go. Oh, that's hard getting back on. You know, I, I feel like I trained and I know we'll talk about training, but for me, I had legs the whole time. I was actually totally fine. It's your soft tissue that goes to complete garbage like your butt your hands all these things that you kind of what about your toes um i was actually okay on the toes yeah i i definitely for the first 125 miles i like tightened my shoes too much <gasps> oh my <laughs> god i did that too but it it took me like two hours to stop and like oh do something about it. i was just like oh yeah and then my feet were never the same yeah and they still no. aren't it's crazy like oh the numbing like i think i had a numb finger for like a month afterwards i mean there's a lot of weird stuff that happens but uh yeah so oh my god yeah I, okay how many how many times did you bring clothes with you yes so we actually had a drop bag so um this town called ludiac is is really the out and back so the day one and the day two sleep spot and so we had a drop bag in Ludiac. So that was okay. nice. So I had fresh kit yeah. every day, right? Like, yeah, I would definitely, anyone thinking of doing any ultra like event, like please invest the weight cost. Of yeah. Another set of bibs. It's totally I totally crazy. didn't. I don't know what I was just like, oh, it's just going to be 30 hours. <laughs> I just yeah. like, I'm like, oh my God, that was the worst yeah. decision yeah. ever. <laughs> Because I couldn't, like, I couldn't sit. I oh, couldn't yeah. stand on my pedals. My feet were yeah. sore. I was just like, oh, yeah. I was a skid off and walk my bike on the road. It's it's pretty gnarly. I even go so deep. I mean, I, I, I did a lot of test rides and all these rando events leading up to it. I actually switch <laughs> brands of bibs because I feel like the pressure points on like one set of, you know. Oh, I good idea. Yeah, the Panormal ones, Escapism, I used those on day one. And then day two, I used an Azos brand. And then I went back to Panormal. And like, again, I don't know if that's proven or not, but for me, it works and it just feels like slightly different. So, well, if you've done a lot of long distance rides, you can, that's, I mean, that's the time to really figure it out. I mean, yeah. if you, you've been out there and you've done a 600K ride where you're going to figure out a couple things. Yeah, you know, true. <laughs> over that duration, go oh, okay. Yeah, mm -mm. because then you got like 600, 600. Mm -hmm. Well, that's almost that's like that's you're it. right. Yeah, we pretty much it, the way it breaks out, it's like a four, a big four day, 400 ish day. The second day is like a little shy on 400, and then the last day is another 400. Yeah, Again, give or take. That's ish. it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's, okay, so I'm glad you got, okay, let's, let's talk a little bit about food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How much did you bring? Okay, what, now, okay, before food, mm -hmm. talk about your bike setup. Were you like, yeah. was your bike looking like a bike packing setup? Like you had mm -hmm. the, 
the under the frame not under the under the top tube mm-hmm. out the back like what did uh how many yeah packs did you have yeah so the big thing with randonneuring is it's completely mm-hmm. self-supported so yeah now you can get help from someone like i mean uh-huh. if you're on the side of the road someone can help you but there's no SAG support. There's no, right. yep. you know, nobody's coming to, you know, put a new derailleur hanger on for you. Uh-huh. So as far as my bike, I mean, that's actually my bike. If you can. Yeah, it's nice. Everybody <laughs> so, look at this. If you're on you YouTube, that's... you can check out yeah. our bike right there. That's hanging out the back. Of... You don't want to see what's behind me. Yeah. <laughs> but... I haven't quite organized all that, but you can see bike, some bikes back there too. <laughs> so leading into PVP, I actually had this bike built. So this is a Mariposa. Um, built out of Toronto. Oh, so yeah, little, of Toronto. A little piece of Canada with me, which was important for me. And I had a uh, front bag that mm-hmm. I put. So this is my my fueling mix. I call it hummingbird fuel. It's something that I make and it's sugar, sodium citrate, and then like a flavoring agent, like lemonade powder or something. And that's what I drank in my bottles. So throughout the whole time, I would have uh, about 75 grams of carbs in my bottles. My bottles are one liter bottles. So right, I have big ones look, too. Yeah, and I could put two dumps of that. So I had four hours on my bike. So then right. that just helps your range. As far as more bags, I had a tiny uh, frame bag built for me. Uh-huh. There's, this, there's this guy out of Oklahoma City called Steadyco. He's on Instagram at Steadyco beautiful stuff. I mean, his stuff is fantastic. And so because my frame is so small, he built this tiny little triangle bag for me that just sits in the front. Uh, right. I had I had a top two bag also from Steadyco that I would put. So my, my frame bag was like my pharmacy, right? I had yeah. my chain oil and, and uh, some like ibuprofen, ibuprofen, Tums, uh, shampoo. I never even thought of that till I was like in pain. Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) Begging for it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's kind of like all that was there. And then the top two bag, that's where more uh, food, my, uh, power bank charger, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In the hub of that front wheel is a dynamo. So I have lights generated, so I don't have to worry about changing batteries. The light automatic. Yeah. Dynamo hub in the front definitely if you're like getting into that ultra and long endurance events i would strongly recommend getting uh, a dynamo hub um it's wow. just i think there's something in the mental effort of having to think about stuff and the le- the, the mental so- load that you can unload is is huge and if you don't have to worry about batteries and charging lights and all this crap yeah. that's one massive thing you don't have to think about so um so yeah, so I use a dynamo and then in the back, I had a Apodura 18 liter seat bag. And so yeah. that's where I had all my rain gear in case I needed mm-hmm. it. I had a down jacket, those Rafa stuffable down jackets. Yeah. Uh, I had more hummingbird mix. Um, I had, uh, gosh, what else did I have in there? I, I actually can give you like my packing list because it's yeah. pretty extensive. Uh, my other set of bibs, stuff like that. And then yeah. I have a, a third water ball, a third water water bottle cage mount, and that's actually where I put all my tools. So in a little canister. Oh, okay. And in there, I had like a spare derailleur <clears throat> hanger and like all sorts of different items that you might not think to bring, chain links, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So that's essentially my setup, which um, 
since you're sleeping, like since I did have a bag drop, I didn't have to bring all my clothes with me. Right. But um, but sometimes you do. I mean, sometimes you look exactly like a bike packer with all that sort of big rig stuff. Did you have a water? Did you have a bladder like a backpack? No, no, I didn't want anything on me. I so. know that's the thing. I just like nothing on your yeah. body not a fan so that way i mean obviously i had vest um you have to wear a reflective vest that's part of mm -hmm. the, the rules so mine had pockets which is great i like to have stuff in my pockets but i don't like to have anything on me because it's just like extra weight and i don't know i don't like the feel well it's like the extra sweating but I, sometimes i found it was uh kept me cooler for some reason yeah no that's true i could that but could then it, it aggravated my hips oh yeah. like the the the, the yeah the rubbing yeah. until i brought took my by my jacket off and wrapped it around my hips and i'm like oh that feels a whole yeah. lot better there you go. i don't have to worry about my back <laughs> you get resourceful <laughs> on these things see so, you know. like i didn't go out for these massive long rides to prepare yeah. me i was 100k <laughs> and so you can you can like suffer through 100k or like you know it just gets easier and easier but then you know it's the extra 200 to 300 that uh, start becoming problematic yeah so okay that so that's a cool setup so you didn't have much else for food so as far as uh <laughs> what i do is 75 grams an hour of like i said essentially this sugar carbohydrate mix and mm -hmm. then uh i would supplement other food as i felt like eating it mm -hmm. personally i like to drink my calories i find it really tough like for me to eat 75 grams an hour would be really difficult. So I know that I always get my hydration and my fuel, and then I can eat on top of that. So in the long endurance events, I, I probably go 75 to 95 grams an hour, depending on how I'm feeling. And then the other big move is McDonald's. So I am a massive fan. If anyone from McDonald's wants to- Oh my me, God, like, it's <laughs> so true. Can someone please call McDonald's? I want to be a McDonald's sponsored athlete. That's the only thing I want out of this whole. Only if you're doing randoneering. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's to me, like, I know it sounds again, kind of crazy, but. It doesn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I, the, the, it's, it's dense in calories. It's fast. It's consistent. And, you know, when you're riding this long, you just want something that's not like you want savory, you know, and like yeah. McDonald's fries. Oh, they hit. It's just beautiful. Yeah. So. So I tried to do it all natural food, like stuff that I either made oh, okay. or I purchased. Mm -hmm. However, I did not test, I guess. And I'm not sure if it was just my, um, my, my refrigeration system, but <laughs> the stuff that I made went like rancid in the heat oh, before yeah. I even got to it. And I was just like, uh -oh. and it was a, like a, a huge majority of my food. Like I did yeah. sweet potatoes, like just oh, okay. um, yeah. stuff like that and uh, some pasta. And it just went, yeah. I was like, okay, I got to rethink that. And then, cause we stopped at these gas stations. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I went in and bought a cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh that my god <laughs> oh my god I was like I felt like a new person I tell <laughs> just you, like seriously that I I bought three more yeah and it's like that's all I'm gonna eat oh no whenever you like segment it's like 
rocket fuel. You have oh, so God. good. And it, it, I don't know. I was really concerned at first because I was like, oh, all this fat, is that going to sit really weird in my gut? It, it just incinerates because your body is just so in need of calories at that point. So, um, so yeah, listeners, I would encourage you if you're doing a century yeah. or any long event, like find a McDonald's, a Burger King. And buy a couple and take it with you. Because <laughs> you know what? You know those things don't go bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm like, next time I'm just going to buy some sausage egg McMuffins. There you go. And uh, some hash browns. And like, seriously, I'll just like, you know, I'll eat one every five hours. <laughs> uh, plus my other food just to like as a boost. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, oh man, oh, I always felt like a new person. I was like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, no, no. it works great. <laughs> and and also like we, so we looked at the route again. You have to be self sufficient. So for us, we knew okay, there's a McDonald's in Fougere, and there's another one here, and so that would be kind of like a rest point for us too, right? So it was nice, like when you're doing those long miles, just to get off the bike is a mm -hmm. huge help. Like it just psychologically, physically really helps renew you. And then you're like, okay, let's go for another, you know, 20 whatever hours. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny how your mindset changes when you've really trained for that. So let's talk about training. Yeah. I like so I'm glad I, that you didn't just eat. It's so funny, McDonald's, yeah. Because <laughs> I just listened to a lot of other uh pros that have done like stuff like unbound and they talk about how they go into these gas stations and mm -hmm. train like to train their stomach to eat junk yeah. and it's like there's no way that i can eat chips and chocolate and mm -hmm. all that stuff is that you just go to like the food food whether yeah. it's like a burger yeah that's like i just like oh god oh my god. i just yeah. look at all this stuff and i'm like i oh, don't nothing appeals to me but i know i've got to eat something because now half my food's gone yeah and but well, it was really it was eye-opening i was yeah. like hmm. but that is part yeah. of the training too like yeah. I think a lot of people hear that and it's <laughs> it's really important not only just your your fueling mix but like so in the training leading up to this, I actually, obviously we did these long randonneur rides, but then I would do a simulation ride. And so that simulated absolutely everything. So I didn't come back to my house. We did like a 600 or 800 K weekend, I think. And we stayed in a hotel. I had to make my drink mix. I like everything was done as if I was in France trying to recreate this event. And uh, uh -huh. so, I mean, that's where, you know, I realized, oh yeah, like I, <laughs> I didn't bring my DI2 charger. So I'm doing an 800 K weekend prepping for this thing. And I totally forgot my DI2 charger. And of course my DI2 died. And I was like, well, this is a moment. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and that I, I went to a bike store to charge the bike. It was fine. But the point is, is in the middle of nowhere, France, I always had my DI2 cord. <laughs> I was like ready. And I charged it every night even though I didn't need to, like the range is about a thousand kilometers, but I didn't want to get stuck out. Yeah. So, again, you, you do these training sort of like preps to get ready for, for the actual event. And as far as training, training, like the daily training, a lot of it, you can't do like, I'm going to ride my bike for six hours on a Tuesday. So it'd be a lot of sweet spot, uh, two by twenties, 
uh, a couple crisscross intervals. Some There would be like two days of intervals each week, but the intervals being more like sweet spot sort of tempo intervals. Yeah. Just to, just to help you through any surges in the terrain and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and then the weekends, it was just about ramping up a lot of volume. And Right. Um, well, yeah. So like you, like you said, your leg felt like your legs felt fresh all the time. And that mm-hmm. is because they're used to doing all that volume. It's just yeah. like, oh yeah. No, yeah. for sure. It, it was, it was, <clears throat> you know, I think the, the mantra that I had was like train hard so you can ride easy. And it was so true. Like we had fun. Like we were like on the event was there like a whole gang from like your club that went out and did it there was a hundred people from the san francisco randonneurs it was amazing yeah oh wow it was wild and then that is wild a a canadian like i i knew i met this other person through instagram and next thing you know we actually finished together so like oh cool so cool like david and richard and myself that's my husband richard um yeah, it was just like a total vibe. And so I think the three of us, we all trained really hard because we wanted to have fun during the event. You could see the people that didn't train hard and they were just like falling apart. And it's it's a hard event. Don't get me wrong. I don't want yeah, to yeah. No, huh? But I think any event that you're looking at, take your training seriously so that you can kind of live the experience or deal with whatever craziness is going to happen during the event. Like who knows that we were lucky, no mechanicals, no rain, no, no barely like 20 minutes of rain. It was super. Oh cold. my God. Uh, it would have been a whole different story if you had rained a lot. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. You know, we always say that if it <laughs> rained a lot more, it oh, would have been like, totally yeah, miserable. Show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh gosh. So, so did you have somebody helping you with your training or was it just something that the club itself put out and said like okay we have a hundred people this is this is kind of like the the training calendar we're going to be putting on all these rides and you just follow what's going on Some pretty much did that um yeah I have I have a bike coach that I work with and so it was funny because she didn't like no one from the racing world really does randonneuring right like even in the like cycling community randonneuring is still this like what what is that oh that's that old guys that wear the crazy neon like it's like that sort of thing right and so um it was interesting working with her because she's like okay well let's really think about this and and just trying to get um applying her background as a ex-pro racer but then figuring out how to do something for me in these very long sustained sort of efforts and so it was interesting I think we we both learned along the way a little bit together but um but it but it was helpful to know that someone was in my corner and and just making sure like I don't know is my training volume okay am I should I be doing this much should I be doing less like so she she definitely kept me honest about a lot of that how was she able to help you she'd never um done anything to that capacity I think it was just like you know you think of what you would do for a race and then you right. sort of extend it for <laughs> times it by five. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, and, and I mean, I'm not doing VO two max intervals. Like I don't need to like sprint at the end. Like none of that needs to happen. It's really just like, how do I make sure that I get you to a level of fitness that you can sustain this pace and this endurance for this long. And, and she definitely, so what was your pace, Lisa? Sound um, like you had a good tempo. 
it was pretty uh, good. I mean, it's hard because when they give you your your results, they include the stopping time. So oh. including my stopping time, my pace was 15 kilometers an hour, which sounds like, you know, glacial. But um, I mean, <laughs> we- Oh my God, well, if you can do 15, so okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, but that <laughs> sleeping and all those sort of things, right. sitting, having like, your McDonald's, really you know, whatever. Ruins my average. Yeah. But just to, for context, the the there was a individual, this man that like I won't say won, but he did finish first. So again, randonneuring is not a uh, it's a timed event, but it's there's no winners. You don't get a medal for being the first one. Like it's just you get the first result, the end. So this guy wanted the course record, and he got it, and I think it was 45 hours. Like it's just insane. Yeah. He had, he was like arrow bars the whole time. He had a oh, yeah. squad behind him that would like, like come up and ask him if he needed stuff like bottles on the bike, like almost like that. I thought you um, said that, was that elite? Was that allowed? Well, I mean, if someone is next to you giving you bottles, it's not, not allowed, but it's not exactly like, I wouldn't say anyone else on the course does that. Right. So this guy was trying to get an, a result. Um mm. But yeah, so his pace, I think, was 30 kilometers an hour. Like, he was, like, twice as fast as me. But he stopped for 90 minutes. So that's just to give you a sense of, like, the, the, the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty wild. That is wild. Yeah. So Whoa. anyway, there you go. So, so, okay, so your training was from your coach and your husband. Was he just following what the other guys yeah. were doing? he was he was following what i was doing so oh. <laughs> yeah so we we trained together and i think that's another thing too with randonneuring is that as a woman you have to yeah well yeah uh, have well, somebody training with you i mean well, I especially think, if you're a partner i think it's cool i i i think it's the kind of sporting event that is very equal in the sense that you're not getting dropped in a group because the group is doing zone one forever, right? Like yeah. you're not as a as a woman, you're not at a disadvantage. In fact, in a way, there's a slight advantage, in my opinion, just because you don't have to take in the volume of calories that a dude does per hour, right? Like mm-hmm. being a smaller mm-hmm. frame size, I can get away with my 75 grams. And you know, dudes might have to eat more during that time. Mm-hmm. So I found it. I find it personally, and that's why I kind of hope I can encourage more women to try some of these endurance events. What was because, the what was the average about? Oh, like gosh. just eyeballing. No, it's pretty dismal. Four one one per oh five percent. <laughs> I was gonna say women. one per one yeah. woman for five guys. Yeah, no, no, not even less close. than that. I mean, one per ten. Six, of the 6,800 participants, I think 450 are women. Ooh. Yeah. So it's pretty bad. <laughs> so, I mean, it'd be great. I think that's why, again, I'm just sort of like, I'm hoping like on my Instagram, um, mm. which if I can plug my Instagram. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. Hustle and a half. You can follow me there. Um, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm encouraging everyone to try randonneuring just because I think it's a <clears throat> event and sport, but specifically women because i think it's one of those things where it doesn't have the competition aspect mm-hmm. like maybe a race does but it's still timed and you're still working to your own 
ability and and you want to complete something right yeah so i think there's a different modality like it's not the same pressure like i'm in a race i have to win like everyone's there to be supportive and in fact it's it's a pretty supportive community to that effect i suppose that's kind of how i felt when i did excel like it was it was a much smaller group mm-hmm. all the competition was in the 200 miler mm. so that's where everybody was watching and yeah. it was like probably 2000 people in that one yeah. 200 in ours mm. and so it was like it felt way more chill yeah but of course it is kind of a timed event you had a certain amount of time you had to do it in yeah um but uh I kind of like that because there there felt like no pressure because mm-hmm. there wasn't like and even though I was by myself mm-hmm. on probably half of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well maybe not half of it that's not true maybe a quarter I was yeah. by myself um I felt I was okay with it because mm-hmm. I mean I've been riding by myself yeah and uh but that was that was 500 kilometers and that's something that I never ever thought in my lifetime I would be doing that's what you I know mean. yeah and i was just like but i've done a lot of adventure racing mm-hmm. like 36 hours yeah. four days six yeah. days so i was just like and i didn't i didn't put the two into contacts until i started mm-hmm. training and preparing for it. i'm like oh my god this is a lot like what i used to yeah when i was 30 yeah like i'm 50 now but yeah. i was just like and then the way you talk about just chunking it up into mm-hmm. bite-sized pieces really i just need yeah. to do this okay now that's done i need that yeah. make it to that town mm-hmm. and things like that but what else what's next in your uh my rando next career? year your rando <laughs> career or are you gonna start doing like the trans con the trans oh, trans uh was that yeah t- i think it's transcontinental like in europe no the great divide Oh, tour divide. Absolutely not. Tour divide. Never, ever in a million Oh, years. come no on. Way. That is just a, what, that's like 19,000. Uh, come I on. Mean, you I could think... do it. That's 19 days. <laughs> yeah. There's a very 21 big... days, 30. Oh, there's no start. Yeah. <laughs> there's just a start. You could just finish yeah. it whenever. Oh man. In my head, there's a very big step change. I mean, randonneuring for the most part is, is on road it's a paved surface. Like maybe there's a couple sections of some gravel, but like it is nowhere near even, even the, the Excel event you did. I mean, that's a whole other planet. I feel like yeah. <laughs> the the level of like bike mechanic skills I would need are, are far exceed my current capacity. And, um, whenever you put something else like that into the mix, it's like a whole other, like if you were, um, riding rapids you know how they're like this is a class one like all of a sudden yeah. it's class five you know so um so no i will not be doing tour divide probably ever in my life or oh. or even the xl that you did congratulations because oh, that's I like a never. walk in the park for oh, you God, no way but um <laughs> but yeah like i love doing these long distance events and so mm. my next one that i'm looking at is a 1200 kilometer uh in june <gasps> of 2024 in sweden and so it's yeah it's a banger so it starts in a town called umea um which i forgive me swedish people i don't know how to say it properly but it's six hours north of stockholm and then you go north and you go kind of through norway and then you go through the arctic circle (gasps) oh yeah and then you come back down into the start town so it's kind of like a big loop 
and um and it's going to be june 16th which means it's like 24 hours of daylight so it's gonna oh be pretty wild <laughs> that's like six months from now no i'm just kidding i know <laughs> I yeah i know so, uh, so yeah, like for right now I'm in my, my off season, I'm weightlifting. I'm kind of like working on that mo- sort of mode of fitness. And then in January, yeah. we'll start to get the volume going back up. I'll do another randoner series and then I'll go to Sweden in June. So there's another one and I don't remember what it was. It's in Ireland mm. or Scotland and it's, it's like 1100 kilometers. Yeah. So I'm like across um oh geez i i forget her name i interviewed a girl who did it oh neat oh that's cool. i'll connect you guys yeah. but i'll i'll give you her name she's on instagram as well oh cool and uh yeah because she, she, so because she um i think she it was a it was a uh she won this competition or so through oh, wow. her company yeah. to do this it was just something really weird that she she landed in this this Man. this yeah this predict like in this event and then she's just like she's not not even a cyclist but she ha- got a coach and she wow he finished it and it was that was really cool because <laughs> like her. holy crap wow. but the thing i'm i'm looking like i get inspired by ladies like you guys you ladies <laughs> that no but seriously because like i honestly never thought i would do something like excel i i mistakenly registered for it but anyways <laughs> but uh, i did it and yeah. i'm gonna actually go back because i didn't actually finish it mm-hmm. i was 60k from the end when they told me my race was over because oh. they i didn't meet the cutoff yeah and then yeah. i found a guy I found out a guy finished it in 48 hours mm, i was like that's lame oh I was so mad anyway so i'm gonna go back so that's now i'm just you. like yeah i just yeah so i'm gonna go back and finish it Mm -hmm. um but the thing is is it's it's getting into that mindset where you can go and do longer things and you're more you're capable of them like some people like like say like six years ago or even five four or five years ago i would never Mm -hmm. thought of doing something like this would be ridiculous yeah um a lot of people sit like that Mm -hmm. until they start pushing that level where it's like 50k 60k 100k 125 150 yeah. 200 and uh yeah, exactly. you know well, and, and um i think it's so important like it's all relative right yeah if 100k is your pbp then go get it you know what i mean i think our lives are so chill right like nothing in our lives are really that difficult and, I, and i'm talking like food shelter you know like the basic primal needs of our lives and so in a way, I like to think of these events as like, let's see, again, this is me, <laughs> but let's see what hard things I can do, right? Like, let's test the abilities. Let's see how hard, how far we can go. And I, I thrive off of that challenge, but that's because I'm built that way. And mm-hmm. um, it, I know, and I don't want to sugarcoat it. There are dark moments in these rides. I mean, there are moments where I did a 600K and it's like, I don't know, two in the morning and I've been on my bike for 19 hours and I'm like, I'm, I'm over this. Like, I actually remember I was like, 
I'm going to leave my body now because I don't want to be here anymore. And I was like visualizing me floating above myself as I'm biking in the middle of California at like two in the morning. Like it's just, your head does some weird stuff, (laughs) but like you're made of such strong things and stuff. Like you are a very capable human being. And if you just sort of like, Deter- have the determination. I'm not saying you might, you're always going to succeed. I mean, you might not make the finish of that XL, but you know that you have that in you, right? Yeah. Like, it's like a, you build on that. And I think mm-hmm. that to me is the exciting part of all of these events. Yeah. Cause that's, so for next year, I decided I'm going to go back and do that. And then I found out there's another, there's a 500 K, uh, great backpacking i have it in front of me mm. great pack great backpacking comp uh, great pack great no great bike packing challenge ah, okay around magog and bromont and sutton i'm oh, like me? man that's there like down the road from me totally. i mean i i was like, that would be just gorgeous to do so yeah. i was like okay i'm gonna do both these mm-hmm. two events that's this cool. next year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I think yeah. that's, I don't know, like having, some, for me, having something on the calendar to work towards mm-hmm. gives, gives me a focus. And I feel like now my riding has like a purpose, like, don't get me wrong. I love a coffee ride. I love hanging with my buddies. Like that is my social circle. Like cycling is my social community. Yeah. But I also like having a goal to work towards because then I oh. feel like, I know why I'm doing this interval right now. You know, mm-hmm. like all of this is going to something. And so I personally feel like it's really important that if you're losing focus or you kind of don't have the motivation, like get an event and put it on the calendar and and hold yourself accountable to that. Yeah, it, It's something that will just give you a, a little bit more of a clearer view of why are you in this moment why are you sitting on your trainer right now in your basement <laughs> right like <laughs> give yourself totally. that sense of purpose and uh yeah just to just so you don't feel like you're kind of always just hanging out you know i am totally into that and that's why like i've got my winter program and i'm like okay what is your goal why are you here you know because i uh, it's crazy because like you know, if people are like, oh, I can't think about next year. What are you talking about? I got yeah. I was thinking about it in August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what am I gonna yeah. do next year? Yeah. And uh, it's true. It's, uh, you need that little carrot to keep you going when the mm-hmm. days are long and you're yeah. unmotivated and uh, and things like Indeed. that. So, so your next, so next year you are going to Sweden. Yes. So um, all right. That's the next year. And then actually 2025, uh, I've already figured it out. I'm going to do London, Edinburgh, London. And so that's a 1500 kilometer ride. So we're going to up the ante in 2025. <laughs> There's also a transcontinental. Oh, yes. That's true. Have you heard about that one? That yes. one's like about, that's like got about five different countries in it or something. Oh, yeah. It's pretty It's wild. like a loop. But and yeah. you, the cool thing about that one is that you're given checkpoints mm-hmm. and you can get there any way you want. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, that one, I think that was pretty epic. Not too many people do that one. No. And I mean, unless someone wants to like 
pay me to go do that. <laughs> I was like, that would be a very touristy yeah. one. I mean, I do have to go to work at some point. So <laughs> what? <laughs> Does she have everything automated, Lisa? Yeah. Come on. Oh, like <laughs> Yeah, really. Oh man. All right, I'll just do a cap cut uh video yeah, yeah. and I'll send it off to you while I'm sitting in the toilet. No, I'm just yeah. Oh god. Oh man. Well, that is super cool. So um can you just share with us if anybody's in your neck of the woods, where can they find a randoneering um, club? Yeah. Is there no, a, like a, a hub, question. an international hub for somebody to uh, join or get more information from? Cause uh, yeah, totally. I mean uh, in the U S it's randoners USA. And so um, okay. I, I would go to that. And randoners USA, and you can find a randoner club near you. Now, I think Canada, I think you have to maybe just do the Google. And I know there's uh, Ontario randoners, uh, Quebec randoners, um, there's a BC association. So you can find a chapter within sort of your province. And, um, and sometimes the province is the chapter. I think it's like the, the randoners of Quebec or something. Um, okay. but, uh, but there's randoner clubs all over the world. I mean, absolutely everywhere. It's a very international sport. I mean, there's people coming from Singapore to do Paris, Brest, Paris. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. So I would find those clubs and, um, <laughs> they're probably just to, just to level set. All right. They're probably a bunch of dudes that are in their <laughs> mid to late fifties. They're wearing probably a neon kit or some sort of high vis <laughs> i mean you know it's not it's not your like hipster club ride okay but it's it's just a different style i think i personally find it very charming and alluring and i like it but i just kind of <laughs> want to preface it it's gonna be a different vibe just so you know <laughs> that's where you get all the good information experiences from these guys there's some dudes that have seen some stuff i mean you can't sort of like dismiss the the i'll say in air quotes the old guys on the bike i mean these these folks have done some miles and they are an endless wealth of information it's it's pretty incredible oh god that's all awesome. okay so where can everybody find you yeah i mean i'm on instagram and my instagram <laughs> is hustle and a half. And, uh, I share my rides. I share tips on cycling. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm hoping I can be a resource for people about randoneuring and also just sort of inspire people to try to do longer rides, whatever longer means to you. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. It starts somewhere and then it, it could grow to yes. these epic weekend yeah. <laughs> long rides. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. It's been so awesome, Lisa, to have you on the podcast. And like the next time you're in town, yeah. which is probably good, probably going to be like maybe July when you're recovering, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe, or maybe on your yeah. way back from Sweden, yeah. you yeah. have to look me up. I totally will. No, we'll go for we a ride. We will go for a ride. Yeah. We'll do the Champlain lookout like everybody else. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Uh, yeah. A park loop. <laughs> Got to do a park loop. Go do a park loop. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I look forward to watching you on Instagram and um, checking out uh, all your videos and watching. Well, we're all, we're all going to be busy in June. There cycling. you go. 
Yeah. But that's exactly. going to be super cool seeing you awesome. in Sweden. Oh, so. thank you. Yeah. It's well, been fun. Thank you again. And thanks to all of our listeners. I hope you guys or gals go and uh, follow Lisa on Instagram. And, and, you know, if you're interested in something epic like that, like it's always interesting to look into, like sometimes like you just never know where you're going to end up (laughs) when you're cycling because there's so many cool things that are happening these days. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that, that are, uh, just, coming more forward like the bike packing the bike touring uh you know like the randoneering um gravel Mm -hmm. all these things are super interesting so have an amazing day thanks so much again and we'll see everybody on the next podcast take care thanks oh my god was lisa not amazing I don't know if she's inspired me to do a random get into randoneering because that is just too much riding for a mom. Um, but I am super inspired about back bike packing and I love all the information that she provided because I had no idea um about the details of Paris Breast Paris and just uh you know training for these rides and how they're structured. So I don't know. Put in the comments on YouTube if you happen to be there, if that's something that you do or you would like to do. And if you're going to go check out randoneering.com, uh, the international or the and find your club close to you and find out some information, that's super cool. I'd love to know if that's something that would interest you. So with that, have an amazing day and don't forget to ride your bike and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.